Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I'm probably squandering some pretty good opportunities before me. Good thing our friend Goey Odera is here to help us <laughs> learn from history so we don't repeat our mistakes. But before we remember the generations who blew their chance for milk and honey, now that they're finished ponying up 30 grand to join Goey's Investment Club, let's welcome in our favorite infamous children, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Good day. Fresh and anew. You, you did your best on the yeah. name pronunciation. And our guest of honor, Goey. 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 How am I, What am I it's not doing? It's tonal. It's tonal. You have to say Goey. Yeah. But Goey? not do it naturally. Goey. 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 Yeah, yeah. So That's just, good? just do it naturally. Okay. Goey. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Regardless, welcome to Between Sundays. Thank you. Here sir. we are. Yeah. Thank you. How Thank you guys you. doing? Good. Yeah. Good. Excited. Good. So great. Yeah. Goey, how long you been in town? <laughs> It'll be a week on Thursday. Oh. Yes, yes. So I have about two more days. And you've been here many times before, right? Yes, yes. I've been here a number of times. Have you ever been here during the Indianapolis 500 oh, and been my. able to attend? No, never been able to attend. You got to go. Ch- check this out, okay? So, so so that I don't like annoy everybody. I'm not like an indie fan. I'm an F1 fan. Oh, those yeah. are fighting words. Yeah, I don't know. Are they? Well, do, do you know that? what I'm talking about, yeah. Tyler? Oh yeah, yeah. Formula like, One. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Formula One are fan. You? Yeah, my wife got into. She's like a like goes berserk with this. Really? This, yeah, yeah. But NASCAR. Not your scene. not your car, not IndyCar, not Formula NASCAR. One. IndyCar. All right. No, even IndyCar. You know, we. I, I'm not going to disparage IndyCar. You know, is but you know, F1 is like this. It. It's, All right. That's the big cheese, right? Have, <laughs> have you ever been to a race? No. But yeah, you, you know, go, my man. bucket list is is that, and I wouldn't mind going to Indy. So, but I mean, Barry had me preaching, so I couldn't I know. go. Right? Yeah. He man, so we come into town. We yeah. put you to work. Yeah. I, you know. Wow. <laughs> you gotta, be better hospitable hosts. Mary, do you have strong strong opinions on different racing events? Um, I I don't. Marin. Although I come from a racing family. I do. Uh, my grandfather yeah, that's right. my grandfather was a drag funny car, funny cars. I don't do they even have funny cars anymore? Dragster. Um yeah. Anyway. I don't, still I don't is. Know. I mean he's still heavily involved um mm. in the racing scene. Oh that's so what, why do you ask? Why well you ask? because the race was this past weekend, this weekend and you were right. here. Yes. And I know you didn't go to it. Yeah, but as I said, you were here. Barry yeah, very put you to work. Right. Yeah. Marin, you participated in some of the activities though, this weekend, right? <laughs> did I? How'd that I did. go? What, what happened? <laughs> my son was marching in the parade, the Indy 500 parade wow. downtown. So that was my first. I'd never. So wow. we've lived in Indy just for two years now. Yeah, yeah. And the two races that have come before, we always got out of town. <laughs> <laughs> during race weekend, yeah. primarily because it's my daughter's birthday weekend. Yeah, yeah. So the first weekend we were here, we went back home so she could have a party with her friends. Yeah. Needless to say, we've missed it every year. And then this, this is the year. first year we were present and so he was uh, able to participate. He was drumming in the in the parade. How'd he it go? Was. He was. Was it good weather? and drumming. You know, it was perfect because it was sunny and hot. And then the clouds broke and it started to rain right as everyone got back to their cars. Nice. So it was perfect. The rain just held off. Um, The only thing I'm told was a a bummer to some degree. It was too windy to have the floats. I guess there's normally like floats. Inflatable. So I didn't get it because I just saw every couple of feet or every couple of people, there was this like row of kind of dressed like clowns, but not so much clowns. They had like bright jumpsuits on and checkered, like checkers around their, like 
So they got to walk in the parade? They but looked like clowns, but they weren't clowns. And they were brightly colored in these, these jumpsuits. The, these are the people that carry the floats. They would have carried the floats. The whole gotcha. time I was confused. Like, why do they keep they putting these people? And if they were carrying a float, you wouldn't think there's a clown. Every couple of rows. <laughs> you'd, think, you'd think there's a float carrier. Right. So anyway, my dear friend Lauren Russell was my guide through my very first <laughs> wow. Indy 500 parade. And it wasn't until we got back to the car that she was like, oh. Well, those were the float carriers. I'm like, oh, now uh, it all makes sense. Oh, yeah. You, you see, by you, you see, by they're just you see making what Goey's missing. That's what I missed. This is what you yeah. missed out on. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you uh, just put me on the pulpit. You know, put me to work. <laughs> yeah, I missed out on one of the biggest really calendar sorry. events in. I'm really sorry. In Indianapolis <laughs> is not known for many things. We do have floats. our 500 and we our, our floats, float clowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry, yeah. what's new with you? Uh, Bachelor. I did. Uh, yeah, my my wife had a bachelorette party for a couple nights, so I had the the weekend to myself and my plants and my bunnies. <laughs> it was pretty great. What'd you do? Anything cool? A lot of just sitting around and relaxing, and <laughs> I like just honestly, it's been such a nonstop just run these last few yeah. months that I actually just took a whole day, and I all I went to the, I went to the grocery store, and otherwise the rest of the day it was just in my apartment. Who it do you think awesome. you are? Taking one day. How dare I? <laughs> But I will say, I will say, I'm so encouraged. Uh, I don't know if you saw what I posted on Instagram, but the plants that I'm growing at my apartment now are taking up every available inch of sunlight that's not going to get me fined by my apartment complex by being on the grass or whatever. And have you talked to your neighbors about this? Because I saw the picture and it's like just plants for days. Yeah. It's like (laughs) forest happening outside your apartment door. Are are they cool with this or? I don't think. I don't think they care. And people How, put all sorts of things. Why would people be well, it's happy like, with green around them? I know. It's, who knows? It's to, I, it might attract unruly animals. No, we don't. It's all, it's <laughs> unwanted, nothing animals really want. Insects. Yeah, we're not yeah, yeah. tomatoes. Is it so all, more bugs. Is it all herbs? It's or, herbs, kale, greens, like, like, they're rum, not tomatoes, romaine, not no something tomatoes. a right, want. Right, okay. exactly. So, okay. I don't right. know. It's right. it's a blast. So, and it's all really working. I was surprised. It's yeah. been raining so much. I but. was amazed at how many different kinds of ways to grow <laughs> yeah, was, that you have represented just on your patio. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Well, yeah, you got, anyway. you got plants growing out like a the sides. basket with holes drilled in it. Yeah. That was on sale at the, at the place. It was like on, on Cause it clearance. had a lot of holes in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to, but anyway, it's like a hanging. Actually, I first learned, I, I was inspired. There's a, a thing that I encountered in certain places in Nairobi called Sukuma sacks. Have you yes, seen those? Yeah. Sacks. Where you grow like uh Sukuma wiki, which is kind of like kale, kale out of the side of this like hanging sacks mm. and they grow up and you can have a lot of them coming in one small space. Mm. So I was inspired by Kenya and tried to do that at home. And so far, I don't know. It's the jury's out whether it'll work, but they're, they're growing. So That's cool. And remember I talked All about right. that polyculture thing where I scattered oh, yes. seeds. No, I'm not, uh, not familiar. Okay. Well, the thing you've talked about every week for yeah, the last yes, like four yes. weeks. I feel anyway. like you haven't talked about this every <laughs> moment. It's working. It's working. Why, why That's do all I have, I'm going to say. Why do I have this feeling that this is overly exhausted <laughs> yeah, yeah. conversation? This is, not, this is no longer between Sundays. It's no, between, the between, ferns. Updates, uh, yeah. between the ferns. Between the ferns. Yeah. So anyway. Things are green, things are growing, and my rabbits are very happy about it. So, uh, I'll come up with my fun story then. Yeah, yeah. You got one? <laughs> no, I don't have. Okay. <sighs> Man, Goey. Yes. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you. Um, you head out later this week. Yes. So, um, thanks for making time for us. Yeah. Holy cow! I don't. I, I kept asking Keith Carlson. I've asked him probably four times. Make sure he knows that we really want him to come. So I'm, yeah, I'm glad you're here. I'm here now. Um. I would love to talk a little bit about you. Okay. 
Uh, what do you want to know? You know, if you, if you, dear listener, attended to, uh, or if you were at Grace Services this past weekend, you saw the intro video, you heard hosts talk about Goey, but mm-hmm. um, I want to talk about you, who you are. I mean, you're from Nairobi. Nairobi, Kenya. Um, but you are also moving to London soon. And so I want to talk about how we got from, because the first we heard was you were a youth pastor. Yes. Right? A so, hyper, hyper cool youth pastor with a very- I could be a baller by now. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. He was so cool. Yeah. The first time I met or heard about Goey, Goey, yeah. he had dreadlocks. How, yes. long, how long were they? They were like just below my shoulders. Who's the man. coolest wow. man yeah. I'd ever met? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. Yeah. 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 Still cool. Don't get me wrong. Thank Still you. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just less cool because my receding yeah. uh, forehead hairline yeah, just, just could, not, yeah. could, not, could not handle that <laughs> yeah. coolness anymore. Yeah. So uh, invite us in or let, let us in, in interfere in your journey with Christ. When did you, okay. uh, when did you get introduced to Christ. Right. Let, let's hear some of that story. I, I, I grew up in a family where my, my parents, my parents were not believers. They were not church going, but, uh, we grew up in Kenya and, and, uh, they were young people and young adults coming through what we call the independence movement in Africa in the late fifties, early sixties. Uh, and, and that is where they met. Now my, uh, my, my father was part of what we call the, is East Africa airlift. It's where John F. Kennedy and um, the, the Kennedy family and uh, what we call the independence movement guys in East Africa came together and sponsored Africans uh, for education through scholarships in the U.S. Hmm. The whole idea was because uh, independence was coming and uh, the Kennedy family at that time um, and I'm not sure it was before, I think it was this around or before the Peace Corps movement started. Uh, if there was something that they could contribute to Africa's independence movement was get more Africans who had a college education because they were the ones who were going to be running government mm. once they got independence from their mm-hmm. co- colonies. And so my father was the first lot that, that, that went, went. And so he came here and, um, my mother too came later in the 60s. Uh, but my father is a graduate at uh, S- San Diego, uh, sorry, South Dakota State University. Mm. Him and Tom Brokaw were classmates. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. So that's that's my claim wow. to national fame. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Wow. In my sermon, I, I watch this. You know, I talk about... Uh, I talked about, I referred to that book. His because, book. Yeah. yeah, his book. So that's yeah. my, my dad said, did you read that book? My my father's now deceased. He's like my best friend, Tom Brokaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how he would say. And when Tom Brokaw would, would come to Kenya, at least this was in the 70s and 80s, <clears throat> he was doing something. They would meet up, you know, have that's, a cup of coffee or something so like cool. that. That's so, so I cool. didn't know who Tom Brokaw was until, you know, I was later. Yeah. I was like, oh, why don't you tell yeah. me? You know, yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, my mom um, is a graduate of Temple University out in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. And so, but they did meet in Kenya. I grew up now. At the time of my birth, those we had just recently got independence. Was that the, 1956? Or uh, what, what year was Kenya? No, no. no, this, no. Kenya got its independence beginning of the 60s, 1963. 63. And, okay, so, and so our first... 15, 20 years were tumultuous. Um, yeah. 
and and the leaders there at least the the the, the initial leader started well but things just went um uh bananas mm-hmm. there on after and so especially those who dissented on where the government was going of my father was of that thought um were were arrested and and put in and so uh once he came out um once he came out this probably about two years later this he was not he was not put no trial nothing of that sort uh, he was a political prisoner um i was born maybe a year year and a half after that mm. and uh when i was named the name goi in my language uh goi means to be uh to 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 be in debt or to be indebted uh, and so we were went through a crisis and there were many people at least a number of people who came around our family and help our family through that crisis and through that pregnancy of my mother and and my parents said they were truly indebted to their mm-hmm. help and that and so that's how I got my name Goi is that why the guy kept asking you for $30,000 <laughs> <laughs> that too <laughs> no but 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 in essence that that's the thing and so my my family really struggled even after my father getting out of as a political prisoner we were certainly why a pariah people did not want to associate with our families and so we really struggled as a family um to hear of an african family at that time who have had uh, their parents have a western exposure i mean you'd expect them to be extremely um uh, affluent and all that we didn't have that because of my father's political views he was a journalist a publisher mm. and so he he was the focal point for all this uh, dissenting opinions especially from academia mm-hmm. and so and so people would not want to associate with him and his political leanings and and there were also the political politicians who were there who he was very he was aligned with uh, on those on those things but nevertheless uh, through it all we really struggled there, was, there were times where my mother was the only income earner uh, my father was in and out of prison um because of his political leaning i mean he'd be away for a month and all that and my mom interestingly would would, would try bless her heart man yeah, she'd try to you know with us where is dad and say dad has traveled to you know the rural area and he will be back so she was just trying to protect us mm-hmm. but we knew we'd go to school and we'd say i mean he'd be on the you know on the media that he'd been arrested and we'd laugh with my brother and my sister mom doesn't know that we know that mom dad's in jail <laughs> We laugh there now. Tyler, I, I tell you, I kid you not. This was a couple of years. We're now grown adults. It's probably like ten years ago. Uh, we were at home with our parents, and the, and we were laughing about that. And uh, we were like, "Where's mom? Where's mom?" We didn't know. So I went upstairs to where you know, and uh, where they were staying, you know, and say, "Hey, mom, how are you?" And I saw her wiping her face. Oh no! So I was like, "Yeah, mom, are you okay?" And it's like I didn't know you guys knew all this time. I was like. Mom, oh. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. this is, is I mean, we are grown-ups, we are fine, don't yeah, worry fine. all that. Yeah, yeah. But she did not know we we didn't know. I said bless her heart, but she was just trying to protect yeah, her children sure, at that time. Sure. So, my my parents weren't believers. They were especially my dad. My dad didn't go to church, wasn't a fan of organized religion, but my mom was religious and she would go to church. Uh, this church was not far from our home if you would walk even 30 minute walk you'd be in the church and so she would take us to this church and this is where we heard the gospel presented to us 
and it was through church camp that um, my brother, my sister and I, and uh, through school, they, they heard the gospel. And so for me, my elder brother and sister, my elder sister and brother are the ones who exposed me to the gospel. And I and I made that decision at a, at a church camp for kids. Mm. And uh, I was about 10, 11 years old. And that's where I actually made a decision for Christ. A couple of years later, this is just as we're transitioning to high school. My um, my mother was 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 really puzzled because we have a big extended family. My mom has check this out: twenty eight brothers and sisters. Whoa! Yeah. What? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So she, she gird your loins. <laughs> Oh my lord! Oh. Yeah, so so uh, we have a big extended family, and mm. so uh, w- when we would have the meetings or do that, we would not hang out with our peers ca- per se, who our cousins who are around the same age, simply because they were not believers. We weren't being snobbish and all that, but what they were choosing to do weren't what we we have now. Many of our cousins today are believers, but at that time we were the odd ones out and, and, and I guess my mom began to see the difference in how we were we, we were not we were not tyrants of children uh, per se but she actually just got to see that we were different and, and she was more interested about what is this that's going on and we are the ones who led our pe- my oh mom my to goodness. the loss wow. Wow. so my mom calls her children her spiritual parents oh wow oh that's cool yeah. how old were you when this uh, all happened this probably I was uh, maybe 12, 13 oh years my old. And my, mm. my brother and my sister about uh, are much older than me, but we, they were teenagers. I was yeah. a preteen mm. and then they were, they were already in high school. And so I was like, wow, you know, that's what she calls. She always looks at her until today. She'll introduce people that these are my spiritual parents. Mm. Uh, and she doesn't wow. say that. Yeah. So we kind of say, why, why didn't we, why didn't we like send you to your room, mom? <laughs> <laughs> You're in trouble. Uh, how old were you or when, when did you discover that you wanted to become a pastor, at least work in ministry. I, I didn't discover. It was actually, you know, a, a gentleman came to our school when I was a, a ju- uh, sophomore in school and literally prophesied, said, you were going to be a pastor. Mm. I laughed in his face. Now, mm. those of people who know me, my, my laugh is loud and come near obnoxious, especially <laughs> at your expense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so he, it was at his expense. But I guess that got me thinking, you know, what would God see in me? And it wasn't until I was in, in, in college where I began to recognize that this is where God was calling me to. Um, and I was still processing that. When I was doing my graduate course, I'm a trained economist. Mm. Uh, that's, that's, that's my background. And uh, it was there that I, uh, after I, 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 I left graduate school that I began to see this is where God is calling to me. So I joined a faith-based organization. And I served there for about four or five years before I became a pastor. And I've been a pastor since. Yeah. And how, how many years have you been a pastor well, this in is, the ministry? This is year... Do the math, calculating them. And it's about 16, 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I started as a youth pastor at Nairobi Chapel. Mm-hmm. And I was there for about four or five years, and and then I planted a church, um, and uh, and and then after planting the church, I I left and uh, had a foray into uh, politics in the country. Uh, I didn't win, 
Uh, I lost in that election, uh, but uh, it gave me greater understanding and perspective of what a Christian would be in public service. And uh, I, I joined back Nairobi Chapel and um, in the staff, but I, I, I at that time I was still assisting the church in church planting in itself. And another opportunity came to plant a church that I'm uh, currently. So I did plant that church. So it's my second church where I have been the lead, but the other churches that I've been part and parcel of. And now I have this opportunity uh, coming up towards the end of the year where I will be proceeding on to to be a church planter now in the city of, wait for it, London. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're, when you're the youth pastor yeah. at the church, yeah. are you thinking in your head, I someday want, I, my heart is planning churches. I want to be a pastor of, in a different country someday. Or is that nope. a matter of you just kind of walking through the doors that God nope, opens? No, nope. this is this this. I wouldn't have imagined in my wildest dreams that I'd be I'd be doing this. I was a youth pastor for life. I was like, this is where I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm going to be working for that. But God has His way of just revealing and bringing about opportunities. When I when we did the first church plant. Um, it, it was at that time Grace 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 was a part and parcel of that I mean yeah. he sent 70 kids mm. okay teenagers to come and uh, help us with the initial groundwork for church planting there and so yeah. Yeah, fun, but fun fact you that, there, was, that but, was the year that I was interning in Kenya the year I always talk about that was the same year yeah wow. yeah and so so what was Barry like back then <laughs> we didn't work together that much <laughs> I have no I have no comment <laughs> 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 we'll edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so so when we did when I when I planted the church in the the community that was in um it was a economically depressed community urban area in Kenya and it was like a fish out of water experience for me because mm-hmm. I'd never done this before. Uh, but I learned so much from that experience. It, it, it opened my eyes and it was still amongst young people that were planting the church. Uh, today, I mean, I'd walk into that church. I, if it wasn't for the pastor, the senior pastor in that church, I knew, and I don't think anyone would recognize me in that church. And mm-hmm. uh, that is something that I would love. You know, you go into that church, somebody would think you're a visitor in that church, which I would be. Uh, and, but to see the, the church flourishing, uh, mm. impacting lives and all that. But I never thought that in my wildest dreams that that would happen at that point mm-hmm. when I was being a, a youth pastor. Mm. Yeah. And you have a family, you have a wife and two children. Yes, right? yes. What yes. do they think about all this? Well, um, the two little ones don't have a choice. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're just for the ride. Yeah, three, three years old. And nine months old. Oh wow! Yes, and so they'll just they'll just tag along with where mom and dad go. I, I think Jennifer. It has been a journey for her. My wife is called Jennifer. It's been a journey for her. We will be married thirteen years in uh, in September, and so it's been a journey for her. I, I sometimes I, I look at her and she's like, "No, this this is not what." I b- bargained <laughs> yeah. for you know. I didn't ask for this. I didn't yeah. ask for this, you know. Yeah. But uh, if you ask her in many ways, there, there's a lot of growth on her part, mm. uh, seeing who God is in our lives and her life specifically. Uh, and I think for this particular move, unlike all the other, you know, uh, big and bold moves that we've been trying to do, the being brave move, uh, this is the one that, uh, at least for, for Jennifer, she, she was... Uh, I think this one there was there was less doubt about it, you mm-hmm. know, for her, and and uh, she 
she's not the person who's big for change immediately <laughs> uh, but she warmed up to this uh, and I think for her own walk and spiritual journey God has affirmed this for her um, much quicker than the other the other moves that we've made in, mm-hmm. in our lives together yeah. mm-hmm. mm. that's cool uh, go yeah um, I'm curious I, yeah. I think I realize many people who are a part of Grace Church now yeah. are really unfamiliar with Nairobi Chapel and the Nairobi Chapel network of churches. Yeah. And yet our partnership goes way back. Yeah, goes I think it was way in back. 1997, 96, very 97. Early, right? yes. Very early in the life of Grace Church, yes. we became partners with Nairobi Chapel. And I could yeah. speak to our, I, I often do, I could speak to how much we've been changed by yeah. Nairobi Chapel's influence. Yeah. I'm curious, first of all, how would you describe Nairobi Chapel or the Nairobi Chapel type of church uh, to someone here in the U.S.? What makes Nairobi Chapel Nairobi Chapel? I, I guess one is that we we are a uh, church, um, and, and again I say this because we we are now well we're many churches and we're a network and a movement of churches. But our main congregation is a church of about four thousand mm-hmm. to about five thousand adults, uh, and again another maybe one thousand one thousand two hundred children who come to to church, and so uh, a large mega church in the city of Nairobi. Um, we are celebrating, we, we are a church that is a replant. So the church was started by British, British nationals who after we got independence were leaving. So the church was in decline. And then um, this church was taken over. Uh, those guys who were leaving asked, you know, would you take, take over this church in itself? And, mm. And those who remain say, I mean, take this over. And so this church sent our our, our former senior pastor there, Pastor Oscar, who is no stranger to, to you guys here, who's now the bishop. But at that time, um, uh, the church grew exponentially. Uh, and and uh, within, within, what, three to four years, we're bursting at the seams, and mainly of young people. And so Nairobi Chapel has grown and that congregation has grown from that little church to over 150 churches today. Wow. wow. Uh, and that's in uh, just about 30 years. And um, we, we, we're planting churches. Uh, we're a church that is young, youthful, again, representing the demographics of, of, of the country. 80% of Kenya is under the age of 30. Wow. Whoa. Uh, and that's not unique for most of Africa. Mm. And so we're we're a young church, a youthful church, um, a good spread of people. We have people who are who are now reaching retirement or just right there to the little child who was just born the other day. And mm. so so we'd have that spread, vibrant worship. Uh, but within the ethos of the church, um, the big thing for us is leadership development. That's what is core and discipleship. Mm. And so those are some of the things that our church should be. Um, and again, we have a passion for our context and our community, uh, specifically with uh, education. Uh, so we, we do we do get uh, many kids into who would not in any other way have a place. You know, like in, in here we have public education is technically free. Um, uh, all you need to do is stay in a district and, you know, that school district you'll go. You don't pay out of your pocket for that, so to speak. You do it through your taxes. We don't have that same system in Kenya. Mm. Um, you pay for it, mm. uh, for that. And so uh, so many, especially the poor, don't have that. And so 
we try and be able to address some of those issues, especially for the poor within our context who do not do that. So when you ask us where it is, those are some of the things that we 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 are involved in. Mm. Um, and again, ah, man, this is where we find family, and uh, we we would call ourselves demographically middle income uh, mm-hmm. congregation. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So you're heading to London. Yes, I am. Um, what are you, why did you accept that job? What are you looking forward to there? You know, the thing, the thing about accepting this job, I don't even look at it as a job, Tyler. I think for me, as I have assessed what God is doing in, in my life, in my family and around the world, I began to ask God, what is your agenda around the world? Uh, and uh, and uh, I've seen that God's desire is that uh, that people will come to know the hope in Jesus Christ. Uh, somehow, somewhere, uh, we need the world needs to know who Christ is. Uh, uh, and in my time of prayer and reflection, uh, a couple of years ago, I was able to see, um, you know, a real need in 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 the continent of Europe. This is a continent that two. 200 years ago was sending missionaries onto the African continent. Hmm. Uh, but two centuries later, I mean, this is, you know, two centuries later, we, we have a continent that, uh, that, um, that, that does, doesn't have a regard for God, uh, but yet wants to be able to have a relationship with God. I think that's the irony and the tension that they have. A post-Christian context, yet uh, some do not have even an idea. You have a generation who don't have an idea. They know, they know about this Jesus, but don't know what he can or what Christ can do for your life. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is just like a story, but they have not encountered the person mm. and the power of Jesus Christ in, in, in essence. And so I, I saw that the experience that I've had as a believer um why not be involved with what's going on around the world because you know that and so in my praying about how can i be involved in that um this opportunity came about and uh and uh, when it was posed to me by uh my my boss uh, my, it was it was a no brainer I was like, hey, go, you need to do this. And when I did mention this to my wife, because this is something that we've been processing for uh, two, three years, Hmm. her response, which I keep on saying was, what took them so long to to find out this? Because we had mentioned this to them before Hmm. and attempted to do this, but it wasn't the right time then. And so now that we're seeing it and God is opening these doors for us, I I think the thing that we need to be able to do is, what is what is my son and my daughter going to think about me? after I'm gone. What legacy am I going to leave for Okidi and Akoe? Those are their names. That they would say, mom and dad were men and women who believed God for big things and that we can emulate. Hmm. Uh, And if I'm going to leave a legacy for my children, let it be modeled in that, that they actually plucked us out of our comfort and our peace and tranquility in Kenya. Possibly despite our wishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we were kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah. uh, put them on a plane and went to, to, to this, this country uh, where we barely know people there. We mm. don't have many networks. Mm. But this is where we are certain God has. And my prayer and my hope and belief is that there would be people who eventually come to know Jesus Christ. And that if if Akwe and Okidi uh, t- 
20, 30, 40 years from now, you know, if the Lord would tarry, look back and say, yeah, I would say that they would look at Jennifer and I and say, my mom and my dad believed God for the impossible and, and see what they did through this step of faith that probably tens, hundreds, thousands, who knows, even millions within the continent of Europe have come to see. I think many have written off Europe. Mm. As a, uh, and I, I say, God is not done. God is not done. You know, we, we go to the book of Philippians 1, 6, where, where Paul is talking to the Philippians and, and introduces himself and say, you know, he praise the God of heaven, but he says that he who began a good work in you mm-hmm. will be faithful to complete it. The story of God's move amongst the people in the continent of Europe is not done. Mm. I think this new chapter is maybe Europe needs people from around the world, including um, the developing world, uh, to go mm. uh, and bring the gospel uh, to them in a different way than they have known for the past you know, several centuries. For so long, they were the people who are the ones who are um, spreading this good news about Jesus Christ. Uh, and somewhere, somewhere within uh, their civilization lost it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe this is the opportunity for, for for us, as we call it, you know, sometimes God uses the foolish things of this world mm. to confound the wise. And I'm, I'm okay being known a fool before God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that's a great segue to what you had to say this past weekend. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm like, it sounds like your message was extremely personal. Now hearing your whole story, it yeah. sounds like you're really speaking about what's going on with you. Yeah. So you, for anybody who may have missed it or who wasn't here this past weekend, yeah. if you could summarize what you had to say, how would you do that? I, I, I would say this. Um, my, my sermon is, it will be summarized this way. If you look at Israel as they had the opportunity uh, the, the generation of Israel that came out of Egypt and slavery had the opportunity of of being a generation that really impacts their time and their season and set a legacy for generations to come. But they did not. In fact, they went against what God has. And it's because of their unbelief, uh, because in all that they, they had, they, they, they did not believe that God would take them through the challenge of settling in the promised land. And that was unbelief. I think another thing was they actually went ahead and disobeyed God mm. because in, in the same way God told them about this and, and directed them. Uh, this pillar of fire by night and cloud by day, I think would be enough. I mean, Tyler, mm. if you saw this cloud always going ahead of you and, and coming out, <laughs> I mean, you'd first be spooked about it, right? A little. A little, right? <laughs> yeah. And then at night, there's this big pillar of fire, you know, that lights up your entire neighborhood at night. I'd be like, turn off the light. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if this voice from this thing comes and tells you, go, I mean, you'll be like, okay, yeah. I think I think I can. Believe God. Yeah, believe God. <laughs> <laughs> but they chose to, they, they chose completely to, to disobey God, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they did that. And, and then lastly, in their disobedience of God, charted another path of theirs and went alone. And I think the opportunity that they missed was to just believe God, trust God, Mm. obey God, and partner with God. 
and they did not do that and so my challenge to 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 the congregation on, on, uh, over the weekend was could it be that we also are a generation that could repeat those mistakes that that we we have all the evidence of god's existence all the evidence of god's in our experience but we choose not to believe him and more so we also do have god's direction and we choose to disobey that but also we choose to go it alone now i think in 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 suburban indianapolis that could be the te- temptation yeah that that you think you know everything around you is is okay and you're going to do it alone yet god is doing so much in the lives of many others around the world that you could partner with them hmm. and that's what i've chosen to do i could go to london on my own but and I, and i could possibly do it you know and succeed but here's an opportunity to partner with a church in indianapolis okay and to do this with them uh submit to their authority and uh, and and learn from them mm-hmm. and do it together with them that's one but here's also direction i sense god has given jennifer and i to go if we choose to disobey where god is leading us yeah but more so believe that is god who has already gone ahead of us mm-hmm. despite the gray areas the fuzzy things that we have in the future this is what we believe in god will do for our family uh, and um you know maybe you know what would be the worst you know that would happen for us if you've chosen to believe god uh, <laughs> and uh, what would be the worst you know are are there things that come along the way or have in your own journey where you've been like i completely disagree but i'm going to go anyways uh, yes 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 uh, <laughs> uh, and and one of them was preaching on sunday i was supposed to go to the, <laughs> go to the race the, go to the race on, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no i'm sure but, god yeah. found a way to use it yeah <laughs> I'm not going to get uh, I'm not going to let by get away with that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, there are areas in my life where I have actually done disagreed with God, but I say mm-hmm. it's it's better to obey God. Yep. Um and 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 bear the consequences of obeying God, mm. you know, than the disobeying God, you know. And 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 for me those are the things we, we have. And uh, one of them is just going into Uh, and serving God. I'm a trained economist and I mean where else would you need economists more than in a developing country? Yeah. So there are so many opportunities to do that but here I sense God telling me my people need to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. This is your your passion and and go for it. And and even my wrestling about that, I look back and I say, you know, if we're now to use human terms, you know, compare myself with uh, with my peers toe to toe. I mean, yeah, we're saying, yeah, I got something on them, you know, <laughs> if we're to do that, but that's yeah. that's vain in itself. Mm. But God has been faithful and granted me, I kid you not, guys, all the things that i've dreamt for all the things that i've desired uh, you know at that time as a young man um uh, in my mid 20s uh, and god has been faithful you know in, in that you know these these 17 years that i've uh, i've been a uh, a minister of the gospel you know yeah yeah so at grace we've we've been going through a transition and you you pointed to this in your yes. sermon we've been yes. going through a transition for a while mm-hmm. yeah um and part of that is Barry's ascension to to leadership for sure ascension to <laughs> the throne that's my lie <laughs> that's intense. i mean one way to put it right isn't that the right word he's ascending he's, i think in the kingdom of in the kingdom the of god it is a descent to leadership there you go there barry's go. going the lowest <laughs> i'm going to 
<laughs> I'm writing a book, The Descent of Leadership. Uh, okay, so we're going through this transition. Yes. And I felt like you were speaking to you. To me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like you were saying, like you, you talked about Moses and Aaron and how yeah. the Israelites basically like, we're like, nah, we're not going to believe what you have to say anymore. Yeah, we're going to go yeah. back to Egypt. Yeah. And it, you were speaking to me because there's yeah. things that like, whether it's big C church yeah. mm-hmm. or little C church yeah. at grace or what's yeah. happening in our country around the world, there's yeah. things that like make me mad mm-hmm. or like fire me up. And I've chosen to participate at grace for 20 years now. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, my life has been changed here. Yeah. Lives are being changed around the world. Yeah. God has impacted my life immensely since mm-hmm. being here. Yeah. He's trusted these leaders mm-hmm. or he's entrusted these leaders to mm-hmm. lead this group of people at mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. It is, is it, it, it feels like disobedience if I'm going to be like, nah, I'm good on my own. I'm going to go. You know, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm learning is to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower first. Yeah, mm. I, I, and and I think in in my journey is 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 that those who are put under over leadership in my life, um, I have to trust that God has has given them that. In as much as uh, that I might oppose where they're going through, at the end of the day, God is going to hold them accountable, not yeah. me. All right. God is going to ask me, were you faithful with the responsibility that was given? And so when when Oscar Murillo and Dave Rodriguez comes and says, we're planting a church there and go, you're the guy to do this. I look and I say, I have been discerning this, you know, and I say, wow, this is a thing. Now, do they have it figured out? No. <laughs> okay. But I trust that this is where God is leading this movement of churches, yeah. this partnership. So I will submit myself to that particular thing and so and so this is part of learning what it means to be submitting to godly authority in my life you know and and it's not just two individuals this is this is a movement of churches there are many people within the leadership of 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 grace church who resonate with this thing about let's let's get involved with what's going on around the world in itself Mm. and i'd love to be able to be a part and submit to where god is doing this because if i do it on my own I'm not going to get much done. Now, we have a saying in Africa, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm. If you want to go far, you go with others. Uh, What should not be lost in this conversation is uh, God has called us to partner Mm. and uh, and he has expressed that by becoming one of us through his son. He says Mm. in John 1, 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so God has said, all right, you know, let's let's do this together. I mean, we see that again in, in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Isaiah telling, you know, uh, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah, come, let's reason together, you know. Mm. Uh, God wants to involve us in what he is doing because this is who God is. And so if we do it on our own, um, uh, then who gets the glory? Yeah. You know, that's that's us. But this is for his glory. If we partner with this, then God gets the glory in, in, mm. in all of this. And I think that's what I've learned from uh, from this partnership with with Grace Church. Uh, and my hope and my prayer is that it, it, it's it it's it doesn't stop with the leaders here in, in, in this church. I mean, what you guys are doing with your care center is partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you God is calling you to do that within partner with people within the community. 
uh, to be able to share the love of God. Uh, God is calling you guys as you're planting campuses, a fisher campus, and now the North Indy. You're beginning to bring the gospel closer to people. Uh, and in that particular thing, you are partnering what God is doing in the community. You're going to come and say somebody out in North Indies like, hey, uh, let, let, let's walk this life faith journey together and, and let's show you that follow me as I follow Christ. And that's that's what yeah. your way of discipleship is. That's what we have learned as Nairobi Chapel from Grace, Grace, yeah. Grace Church. Yeah. And none of the stuff that I am so proud to be a part of grace is for the sake of pride and grace. It's because like the, like you said, the care center was never constructed to be like, Hey, look at what all this great stuff. Grace church is doing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's to impact lives for Christ. Like you were, you were saying. And so your final, your final challenge or call, if you're just looking at 10,000 foot view is like, is very simple. It's pray, give and serve. But if you dig deep into that call and that challenge, like, If I think to myself, how often am I, am I praying for my leaders uh, mm. uh, at Grace? How often am I praying for mm. Grace Church in general or yeah. the lives that are being impacted? Yeah. You know, when I'm when I'm at church, I do that. Yeah. But do I do that on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. No, I certainly don't. And yeah. so I was convicted in that moment. Yeah. Um, am I giving as generous as possible? Mm-hmm. Because y- you you said I am a product of of that of that. Yeah. And so, am I compelled? to give more, to serve more, to pray more mm-hmm. for this place because of the impact that, and the movement that the spirit of God mm-hmm. uh, has, has been involved in this. And mm-hmm. so, man, what would you guys think? I mean, just now it struck me. We, yeah. At the end you said, pray and give and serve, mm-hmm. but everything that led up to that was believe, mm-hmm. obey mm-hmm. and partner. Mm-hmm. When you talk about the care center in particular, there are Caleb's among us. Mm-hmm. That is to say, I'm looking at the, the scripture you used this weekend um, where Moses uh, sent spies yes. into the land and mm-hmm. Caleb comes back and quiets all the people before Moses and says, let's go up at once and take possession of let's this land. It, yeah. For we are new King James, bless your heart. <laughs> we are able to overcome it. Yeah. That's what Caleb said. Yes. But there were too many voices around Caleb yeah. saying, nah, nah, we can't do it. Yeah. There was a Caleb in this church that pointed out a need for a care center when there were plenty in Hamilton County saying, nah, Nah. not here. Not here. Yeah. Yeah. I I think about our our lift ministry. Yes. There was a Caleb that stood up and said, said, we need to be a place for families with, with children with disabilities. Yes. There. The challenge for me yeah. is more often than not, nah, every time. Yeah. I am the person who says, nah. Why? Yeah. Why do you think that is? I'm a fearful person. I am a fearful person. I would have heard of giants in the land and I would have wandered <laughs> off and died. I would have wandered <laughs> off and died. I know who I am in this story. <laughs> this was convicting to me on so many levels. Wow. I am facing giants in my life. Yes. I'm facing mm. huge personal challenges. And you're saying, nah. And I will miss an opportunity <laughs> exactly. if I let that voice exactly. be the voice that's the loudest. I, I think the, the place is, if we are, f- I, I, I'm, I'm not sure... Caleb was averse to the challenges. You know, that, that's, right. that's that's what I was, I'm convinced about this passage. If we learn from people like Caleb and Joshua, and especially Caleb, which was the loudest voice at that point, we're not adverse to the challenges that are there. 
Uh, who knows what's going to happen when you start a care center? You don't have the money to be able to do that. You don't know who you're going to reach. Yeah. If you're doing the lift ministries, who knows what what will happen? But look at what it's done. Yes. You know, you you don't know the end game of the thing. I think God is just calling us out to believe Him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just believe Him for this. Uh, this 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 the Caleb's who stand out here at Grace Church. I think what we need to be able to do is is not nah, but yeah, yay. Yeah. You know, let's figure this thing out together. Yes. And 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 let's explore and see where God will will lead us to. And if we put that to our own personal lives, I think there there are opportunities for us to believe God. And I think God is giving us an opportunity to discover who he is yeah mm-hmm. if we choose to believe him especially if if we our our first um our proclivities are to be nah right mm-hmm. yeah i love in the story uh, one detail that always it always happens in the story and then disappears completely yeah. and it's the fact that they had to carry over their shoulders a a long pole just yes. to carry all of the grapes and the produce that they took from the land yes. to carry it back to show people, hey, hey look how much fruit there is this there. This is some evidence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and people don't see that. Yeah. They saw, they all they heard were stories of giants yep. and they're yep. gone. And, yeah. and I think, I bet if we looked around, we yeah. would see the poles full of fruit that, yeah. that God has been showing us from mm-hmm. his future for grace. Yes. He's saying, guys, look, look at what is coming. Yeah. And we now get get to say, Absolutely. yeah, let's go have it, let's go Absolutely. grab it, or nah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And even when you were you were going down the list of all the amazing things that have happened and all the lives being changed, yeah, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, for me. And I've mm-hmm. I've worked here for six years, and I've been a part of this church for twenty, and I was, mm-hmm. it, and it was like, oh. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. that's something that <laughs> yeah. I've been... I think. I think those are the clusters, and, and thank you, thank you, Barry. Those are the clusters of grapes. Mm-hmm. If we are going to be proverbial here, uh, and, and and using symbolism, those are the clusters of grapes for you guys here. Mm. See what God has done. I love grapes. Yeah, you love grapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so, th- so this is to our listeners from now. When you eat grapes, just let that be a reminder <laughs> yeah. to you of what God has done yes. amongst you guys here at Grace. And and so I th- I think I think um, the the evidence of what God has been doing is just but a snippet of what He could do. Mm. And my one of my favorite verses uh, stories in the Bible is that little kid who gave Jesus. Two fish, mm. and five loaves. First, Tyler, here's the thing. Just, <laughs> just think about how they convinced, the disciples convinced this kid, you know, to let go. I would think it would be his lunch or a snack, mm. you know, of yeah. his two fish. I, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, what that conversation was. But unknown to anybody else, this kid was probably one of the few people who knew what his lunch could happen. Mm. Given to Christ, given to Christ, his lunch. I would like to say, fed a multitude. Think about it. If you just choose to believe God, what he could do, mm. uh, and, and, and multitudes would be changed. Yeah. And, and I think that is what, 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 what the, was the thrust of my message is. Mm. Look at what God has done amongst you. Now, where you're headed, this is a new transition you have, a new opportunity to, to reimagine what Grace could do another 28, 30 years. Just think about it. And we, it can't be business as usual, Tyler. Mm. It has to be something bigger. Yeah. It has to be something beyond what you could think, ask, or imagine. It has to be something that you would never, ever say, I did it. 
Yeah. But yeah. God God yeah. did. Yeah. It. That's amazing. Yeah. W- one thing that it has to be where your prayers are you're on your knees and you and and you you're saying you you cannot imagine even accomplishing a fraction of this and and, and he who's done a good work in you will be faithful to complete Thank it. Yeah. Mm. Thank you God. Mm. Mm. My husband was so inspired by this message. I took home the you know don't let fear keep you from missing an opportunity. Yep. He took home the believe God for big things. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine a oh, conversation. Yes. Digging in on he that. He was like, one. we need a new riding lawnmower. We need we're put we're putting no, another tree. Magnolia no. trees yes. all around. No, he has a, 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 a revolutionary inch television yeah. in that's right. No, that's not my husband. I thank God he's not that person. No, uh-huh. he has a an idea that is uh revolutionary. He's simmering. Uh, yeah. In his heart. About ministry, uh-huh. about education, about Good. the church's response to yeah. families in the area. It's burning in his heart and Amen. it's been burning in his heart for Amen. over over a year, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, and being developed throughout yeah. his entire adult life. And he just said that was the message he needed to hear to just, mm-hmm. like Tyler said, to keep on keeping on. Believe God. To believe <laughs> yeah, God. But, but, We're going to use that all the time, but, even after you're gone. I just yeah, want you to yeah. know that's but, a classic. But, but I, I, I also want to challenge you as as, as, as here, he, I mean, in the midst of guys who are here listening, that maybe this is your opportunity to ask God for discernment. Who are the Calebs among us? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, that are trusting God for big things that you as a church can rally around these people, yeah, uh, and 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 bring to you know fruition those things that God has put in their heart. It could be a ministry, it could be an outreach, mm. uh, it, it, it could be launching them into a, a next season in their life, you know, uh, and not be the the rest of the crowd who are saying, nah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we just wrapped up Hope Month, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect example in my mind of like the safest, the safest thing to do is not talk about some of that stuff. Mm. But I mean, Barry, I don't know if this was your idea, but you were a part of the group. That's like, we need to do this. Mm. This is a big, bold thing for a church to do. Mm-hmm. Wait, and what? Do just what? talk about like hope month. Yeah. Talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. the topics that we talked about. Oh, so yeah. like Barry, it's, equality you're, and you're a Caleb. Yeah. You are a Caleb and, and you tell us, um, that great things could come, but a lot of us just see that, oh, but it's going to be so hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, oh, it'll be great. And some of the things we did over the course of the month, like so encouraged all of, all of us sitting here, here and on staff, like mm-hmm. the Latino worship gathering, we saw 200, 200 people there. Yeah. And this pa- past weekend, the listening tables over mm-hmm. in Fishers and we saw over a hundred people there and previous to that the biggest group was like 15 yeah yeah. and so like (laughs) there are people here who are like this is really exciting Mm -hmm. that i get to belong at a place where god is calling this out in us yeah so yeah i I, i'm really encouraged that Mm -hmm. you you even skip the race to challenge us (laughs) for this because man yeah yeah. yeah. And I'm challenged. One of the things that I wrote down that I'll probably never forget is that you said unbelief irritates God. It does. I don't want to irritate it God. It ticks him off. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. Wow. Uh, where do you go after this? Where are you going? Well, I'll be going out to Washington, D.C. and I'll be meeting uh, members of, uh, I'll be visiting with a family who were members of uh, Nairobi Chapel and who moved to Washington, D.C. Uh, I meet with them for a couple of days. Um, just meet, reconnect with them uh, before I go back to 
go back to Nairobi mm-hmm. and also London. Yeah, and when do you Addis head to Ababa. London? I'll be in London in uh, about two weeks. I'll also be in wow. Addis Ababa, the capital of Ethiopia. We are planting a church there as wow. my, our local church now. Uh, um, the church that we planted. So we've been in a leadership development process this past two years. We found an Ethiopian leader. We've been investing in him and uh, preparing him to plant a church in uh, in 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 November. And so, wow. so cool. as I'm transitioning out of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, of Nairobi Chapel South, the, the Nairobi South congregation that I've been, we'll be planting at least one church outside uh the 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 borders of Kenya so i'm kind cool. of excited about that yeah that's yes. really exciting yes yes great yes, yes. Barry, where are we going from here <laughs> so we are starting a new series uh this coming weekend we're going to start a series all about the psalms we're going to spend a whole month or no a whole summer two months talking about uh what does it mean to to be honest with god in your mm-hmm. in your prayers and because we'll look at the psalms hopefully in a bit of a different light not just as pretty poetry about God, but about an honest, deep emotional response to the world around us and our relationship with God and allowing the Psalms to teach us how to honestly pray. So cool. I think it'll be cool. What's the, what's the someone, someone, um, the series series called called honest to God. Well, I can just, you just give me the notes, (laughs) cut cut and paste. There you go. I'll send send them to you. All right. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so that starts next week yep. this, this starts, com- or this yep. weekend, this coming weekend. This coming weekend. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Marin, we do us the honors and uh, send us out. Goey, thanks for being here. Thank yeah. you very much. I appreciate uh, your time and putting me on this uh, platform. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, we appreciate God, you being God here. God bless you. Can I say one thing? Yeah. I think our t- No, I think we're done. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Of course you can. All right. One thing. I said it. Oh, uh, that was it. That, that yeah, was it. One thing. He did. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> no, no. On a more serious note, I, 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 say for repeating myself, I would want to say this: that I am in awe of what God is doing amongst the people here at Grace, and um, and I am privileged and honored to be you know, have a front row seat mm. on seeing what God is doing amongst you. Mm. Uh, you might not necessarily see it and appreciate it, but we from the outside look and we say, even in the midst of the transitions um, that you're going through right now, God is at work. And it's it's awesome to see that in, in a church that are choosing to believe God, whichever way and whatever that means for you. Uh, and my, my hope and my prayer is that you would faithfully continue to serve God uh, but trust God, especially in the gray, fuzzy mm. areas where it's not clear, mm. uh, to believe God for the for the impossible. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Marin, will you please send us out? Yeah. Thank you so much. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday. 